has something to share and either wisdom, story, or logic. And it's clearly amazing to hear all the different missing links discovered by people unique to their own journeys and in how they have come to discover them. Together, we can help to build a bigger picture for a better future, for a brighter tomorrow. Let's stand united. Let's remove the veils and let's create a new world together. Are you that missing link? Join Jesse Hale on the Missing Link Talk Show as he helps to unveil the mystery through the unique wisdom and store of others. Three, two, one. Welcome, 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 welcome everybody back here to the Missing Link. Today we're excited. We thought we were going to have Tommy Kerrigan, but for some reason we have... Klaus Schwab is in the house. He's going to tell us about the World Economic Forum and, you know, all of his, you know, wonderful dealings that he's involved in. How are you doing today, Klaus? Hello, Cashel. Uh, you will all take the link, the neural link in the mind. What you really are, a chattel, your cows, your human hurdle. And I will grind you into meat for my own burgers. It, just kidding. It's not Klaus. It's me. It's Tom. <laughs> I know I fucking pulled the fast one on you guys. I'm not Klaus. I don't have that money. I don't have that clout. And I also don't own a le- leather onesie. So, <laughs> you, you get me. You, sorry. It's another white guy, but I have hair. I don't look like a scrotum. And I'm not wearing a, uh, what looks like a leather reentry cone for a nuclear missile. That thing you. Now, if you're looking at a Bond villain character, would that not be the classic outfit for? That's why, to... I, can't, that's why I can't take it seriously. That's genuinely why. Not 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 seriously. It, they are real. They are a threat. But in the same way that like, the... oh, <laughs> happened there. But uh, welcome back, everyone, to the missing link. Um, Tommy's quite the character, so you know we're here to have a good time discussing some of the issues. Yeah. And uh, he just got bopped off there. Yeah, well, maybe that's what I get for impersonating Clash Schwab. I thought <laughs> you kicked me off. I was like, man, Jesse's not having it. <laughs> right off. Um, but that's so. It's not that don't take it seriously, but I I have to like look deeper from the surface and that it. It certainly seems to be a placeholder for some, you know, whether 9-11 was organic or a false flag doesn't make the event any less serious. You know, either it was a serious terrorist attack or it's a false flag, in which case you're still seeing the machinations of a of a deep state and a military industrial complex. So in that sense, it's very real. I can't take class on the service as real because it that is the most what you said is the most common response people say, because this is a bond villain. And when you look at it like that, you go, I don't think he's pulling the strings. It just seems it's too, it's been Laden in the cave with the video camera. You know, it just, it it just seems to, it's Zelensky, uh, the time person of the year on the front lines, you know, with a bulletproof vest saying, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. And then, and it turns out that picture's from 2015. It's the Snake Island shit that turned out to be fake. It's the ghost of Kiev who doesn't exist. That's that's kind of my thoughts on which is insidious then. 
because that even that's worse. What that actually means is, so we don't even know who the World Economic Forum really is. We see the puppet, which is even darker. It's it's a more shadowy uh, realization. I, I don't know. Do you think that he's just the head to chop off if the you know the slaves need you know someone if they're coming with the pitchforks? Yeah, I do. I think he's that. I think it's misdirection. Um, I love the comedian Tim Dillon and his old co-host Ray Cum. Both these morbidly obese, just psychopaths who are wildly intelligent. They're they're morbidly obese just comedians, but they have such a incredible understanding of the history of the CIA, human trafficking. It really is kind of odd. Um, but they always talk about, you know, at the end of the day, what's really fucking you. And Ray Kump goes, uh, it's the Federal Reserve. That I mean, at the core of it all, it's the Federal Reserve. And Tim Dillon goes, yeah, well, you can't really go protest out in front of a, a nameless, faceless organization that doesn't even have one real location. They're all spread across. Ray goes, by design, by design, to not have a single point, to not have a single point of protest against. Yeah, I think it's by design. So if there's a, because think about it, it's Klaus. He's what, 170. He's like a dad was a Nazi, and he's all the way in Davos. It is this distant dragon on top of a mountain that you're not gonna get. But if you were to get anyone for the FBI, this is obviously we're talking in theoreticals. If you were to go after anyone, it would be him. You're not even gonna get there. And if you did, by some miracle. Nothing's going to happen. I, th- I don't think he's a complete puppet. He seems to be a pretty intelligent individual. He does have a, th- though evil, uh, an impressive past. You know, Kissinger took him under his wing in the 70s. He, it doesn't happen by accident. But in the same way that the president is really just the face of an administration, itself composed of different secretaries of departments, each department with its own hierarchy. I mean, sure, the president is the commander in chief, but I mean... I mean, of what commander in chief of what exactly yeah, yeah legally he is but i mean by design the continuity of government is so that the commander can be wiped out without so much of a hiccup in operations so i think it's probably built like that i don't have facts or receipts for any of this by the way <laughs> i'm just i'm just jesse this is in my gut just feel it that's all we need is your opinion on things. You know, nobody's going to hold you to account and start fact checking the Mr. Klaus Schwab here. But uh, um, I want you not to know, I want to know your thoughts on the military industrial complex and how, you know, good, how bad, how deeply enrooted into the deep state you think that, you know, the old boys in blue are because we just had uh uh lieutenant uh what was his name uh steven uh lieutenant steven uh, oh his name is we just had him here on the missing link and he's you know was in the military intelligence he's a lieutenant uh, police force steven rogers lieutenant steven rogers we just had and uh, he still is, you know, kind of behind how good the military industrial complex is. And other people that are into the research, you know, really think that's maybe the heart of the problem. 
I think that's probably the it's, I think it's one of the hearts of the problem. And I used to think that was probably the heart of the problem was uh, us thinking it's good, right? And that's an that's an understandable uh, that's an understandable sort of intoxicated. I mean, I have the flag behind me. I'll always have it behind me because I the veterans I interview are genuinely good people. Who, they're the best people you've ever met, and it's disheartening to hear them say decades after their service like was i just cannon fodder and that's so when people ask me that if I, i'm always railing against the military industrial complex why do i have the flag behind me i like the idea of it i like not the military industrial complex i like the idea of the united states i respect and admire the men and women who have genuine guys like you and i right we we do a podcast we give it our all we try to be we've talked about this before try to be respectful try to be tolerant Every person I've interviewed that's been in the military is like a genuinely good person who is trying their fucking hardest. And it's so sick to see them be taken advantage of. It really is. I mean, that I mean, that is a tenet of of, of Satanism, not to immediately just jump into like QAnon already, but like, but really that's what it is, right? It's the defilement of innocence. It's the highest sacrament. That's not a conspiracy. That's what it is. Taking advantage of like truly like the best corn-fed G.I. Joe Americans is a defilement of innocence of sorts. That being said, I'm actually listening to a book right now. Um, and I... Let me... What's the name of it? it Talk is, about 2022. I'm listening to a book, not reading. Not, not reading a book. I'm just I'm listening. listening a book. I have wireless headphones. My iPad pencil has to charge. And I just ordered a couch that has like usb ports in it so i can charge my phone on it and i was thinking like i hope i'll be able to plug in my cat that was my last thought falling asleep last night i was like man i'll have to f- make sure i place the couch correctly so i can plug in my couch and i was like what <laughs> god's name i gotta plug in my couch i gotta go to work in my spare bedroom nothing makes sense nothing makes sense jesse it doesn't matter anymore it's all the simulation the spoils of war by andrew i mean his name's cockburn it's pronounced coburn I, but it's, it's it's cockburn i mean um, but it's great author. He's a great author. He won't respond to my emails. Am I salty about that? Maybe. Whatever. He doesn't owe me anything, but in my mind, he does because I've read his book. That's a peer into the delusion of my head. But um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fascinating book. Um, I, I bulldoze through books, and um, but he he brings up like a an idea that I'd never heard before, and it ties into your question. And um, it's the idea of the military industrial complex of first you approach it as, is it just do-gooders really believing they're red, white, and blue? And then as you peer deeper, that is a, that is a, a, a reality, but probably even more responsible for it are just the machinations of the banking, pharmaceutical, political, the whole, whatever you want to call it, deep state, Illuminati, New World Order, entrenched powers, Rothschilds, Rockefeller, whatever. We'll call it the, the power structure. They are certainly the, the biggest problem. It's not the people who believe in it. That's certainly a problem. But what's even worse for the people that are willing to just go blow up Palestinian kids to increase north of Grumman are okay. He lays out an interesting argument that it's it, there's something even above that. And it doesn't it doesn't let off the hook the people who are involved with the, you know, knocking over of nations. But it's that examining it as a living system it actually obeys a lot of the same laws of like 
reproducing uh, organisms in that um, there's a, there's a great show. I think it was into the wormhole. I don't remember. I used to watch my last semester of college. I get high as fuck and watch it. And there was a great episode where it talked about like, if we really wanted to find life, you have to find a, a pulse, like a birth reproduction and death. And if you do that, you can expand life beyond organic oxygen breathing food eating shitting pissing fucking animals right and like on one hand it's like you take the life of a human okay you take the life of a dog and it's like a faster heartbeat and it has a shorter life and then it's like a t- then it's like the life of a whale and it lives much longer and then, but then they apply it to cities and it's you have the daily heartbeat and it's only two pumps it's morning rush hour and evening rush hour and then as you examine it from space, you see it growing and growing and growing. The highways are the veins and stuff. And then you can apply it to countries. And then you can apply it to planets. And you can even apply it to a, uh, to the universe, right? And that's the most, that's the slowest heartbeat. It's the Big Bang and then the Big Crunch. And it's every, what, 13 billion years. And so if you look at it in that sense you start to look at it as this organism. So what's the importance of that? The importance of that is, is this just a living organism? And whenever whenever its budget starts to fall below 5% of US GDP, a new threat arises. Now we could obviously say, well, yeah, that's people stoking fear. But these are different people throughout different decades that don't know each other, right? We could look at someone in the Joint Chiefs now and someone in it two years ago and be like, they probably know each other. But what about Curtis LeMay or Thomas Powers from the 50s? They didn't know Lloyd Austin, who's SecDef today. I mean, that's 70 years apart. So is this thing obeying laws? Is it just a beating heart that whenever it falls below 5% of GDP, it finds a new, it finds a new threat? It expends things. It builds weapons against, I think the line is, it builds weapons that don't work against enemies that don't exist. And it just keeps going. And whenever there's, and then they talk about how there's this report uh, uh, contracted like 10 years ago. And it's like, did we outspend the Soviets? Right. That's kind of the common belief. We outspent the Soviets. And they actually, this guy actually goes in, this like American general goes in and actually starts to explain how it's like, we actually didn't. It was their own military industrial complex using the same uh, 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 false arguments. You know, it provides jobs. We can't fall behind, blah, blah, blah. And it eventually produces weapons that don't work for threats that don't exist. All the while, no one's getting health care, food or new roads or new schools. And so the virus consumed the host. It reproduced too many times and it killed the host. And are we going down that path? Ironically enough, that report was then canned and the guy was fired and it's the military. It's, it's the virus looking out for itself. It shuts down everything. It sucks the most out of everything. And it's like Bernie Sanders occupy wall street. I got nothing against Bernie. seems like he has good intentions. When they said that we're going to start building like the cockpit for the F 35 in Vermont, he just, have I been, I am, I've been, I'm everywhere. I am Klaus and I am in every every moment of i'm in every inch of california at all times i'm <laughs> pan-dimensional omniscient you, you i am everywhere um but the argument that then comes up is so is this thing just reproducing for itself killing all threats to it just dimin- 
And just when it started to start to kind of get low, right? Trump had the biggest military budget ever. And then there's the idea of like withdrawing from Syria. You know, we don't need to back the Kurds anymore. Let's end the foreign wars and COVID. And it's just like, is the beast growing and perpetuating itself? So a very long schizophrenic answer to your question. I'm starting to, and it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous answer because what it does is it removes all responsibility from human beings, which you shouldn't, you can't look at the Nazis and be like, they were just misguided. No, no, no. They were demons. They were demons. Uh, the, the SS officers were, were documented pedophiles on top of killing the Jews. They raped the kids. They're demons, make demons from hell. But that doesn't mean that you can't look at maybe a higher order organizational structure. Now, again, I have a biology degree from 10 years ago. I don't know shit about, (laughs) about like AI and like chaos theory and dynamic. Again, I have no receipts for anything. I'm pawning it all off in this author. I don't know if that answers your question. But you've done a lot of research. You've done a lot of work. You've, you know, read a lot or listened to a lot of books. You know, you've you know, interviewed a lot of people. So the knowledge that you have to be able to answer some of these questions, I think, far exceeds a lot more people that, you know, have just put their head into a book and learned what the book and what the teacher told them, opposed to listening to real life experiences and then being able to formulate your own opinion. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do is find a topic and read books from present day to 50 years ago. You got to find it from hippies who hate it to former generals that wax poetically to people that are objective to people that are looking at it and they look at it and then they finish the argument with and it's the best thing ever that we have the MIC. Then to this current book of this guy going like this is actually just a self-propagating virus. It's when you, when you want to find out what's going on in objective reality, watch CNN, watch Fox, t- turn on Reddit, turn on Twitter, go to before it was banned, go to the Donald's, go to Floor Chan, go to everything. And in the center of the Venn diagram, you can find the thing that actually happened. Everyone has their own turn on it, but eventually you can find what actually happened. There is a war going on in the physical location that we know of as, as Ukraine. That, that's about as much as I've gathered from that. <laughs> Zelensky is God on earth. Satan Satan is Vladimir Putin and vice versa. It's just as bad. You have the people be like, Putin's freeing the children. Zelensky's a Zionist shell. And it's like, well, that's that's just as deranged. And it's, I don't know what the answer is. What I've gathered is there is a physical skirmish going on on, on, on the earth coordinates that we call Ukraine. That's the about the extent of what I've gathered. And to that uh, place is where it seems like all these world leaders, Hollywood actors, they all seem to be able to go visit and hang out in the war zone to do charity functions, to get money. And it seems like it's a little strange, you think, if this was a really horrific war that was going on in a physical location that people may want to avoid that area like i don't know good common sense is you know maybe not so common these days and to kind of preface all of it this doesn't this doesn't mean that the loss of life isn't terrible i'm not someone that says none of this is happening there's clearly people being just i i, I know them 
because I've interviewed one and I keep in touch with him on WhatsApp. His whole family is displaced to Spain. He's setting up a new life. And I got a message from an unknown number. It's like, this is my new Spanish number. It's just this guy who is just, you know, God bless, got out with his, 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 his kids and his wife. And he's just setting up a new life in Spain. They are real. It is real. I get upset when I get upset when my air conditioner doesn't work. Right. They're just, they're just, that's, it's not, it's not fake. Right. I get that. And it's not to just like talking shit about the military industrial. It doesn't make light of the people of all the soldiers that have been killed and all of the civilians that we have killed. So just as a disclaimer, it's not, of, of course that's real. And again, the most innocent people are paying and that sucks. But there is, there is kind of like a like a racism, and I hate and I hate I don't want to be the woke because I fucking hate them, but there is like an almost. It's bad and it's sad, but it's so bad and sad you can't help but laugh. That we don't give the the Hollywood elite nobody gives a shit about like the nine other nations we've been bombing through Obama's presidency through trump's and continuing with biden's no one has given a fuck about syria yemen yemen's one of the most horrific you know injustices ever in the history but using yemen as a bombing range we are just seeing hey does it work try it out is that a preschool fuck it who cares does the jdam look at that jdam fly man it hit the target we aimed at that kid's forehead and hit his earlobe like that thing's pretty accurate like no one gives a shit though because it's all sand colored buildings and it's a 5,000 year old civilization and they're all brown. That's the reality of it. Deep down inside, the reason why the not just anybody, but the reason why the historically Occupy Wall Street and foreign wars and endless wars people are not only turning a blind eye, but op- outwardly promoting, putting the Ukraine flag in their social media, cheering it on and the reason why Ben Stiller is going over there and taking a selfie, the reality is this. It's because they're white and they look like us. Their towns look like our t- I look at where I am right now. I'm in Portland. Portland, Maine. That could be Keith. You know, no real skyscrapers. 10, 20 stories. You know what? Maybe 500,000 people here? Yeah, that could be a That's why. It's because you look at it and you go, oh, I, that could be me. That's the only reason why. Because the people who are saying please send us more money are beautiful white women with blue eyes that's the only reason you give a shit that's the only reason you give a shit the reason why no one gave a fuck about the withdrawal from afghanistan is because they're brown that's just what it is no one no one gives a fuck i think to take that a step further though it's you you're supposed to care you're supposed to they they propagate it so even if it was yemen and these brown people and they wanted for some reason the world to cry for yemen they could make it they could make it that way they could you know tell everybody oh look we need to help these yemenese people look what's happening to them and they could propagate it and then everybody's going to put their yemen flag I, i think it's a step further than just what they look like i think it's this is what you're supposed to because they want to protect their corrupt interest in ukraine and now it, we need to send billions that go to ftx that go back to the democratic party that you know that seems like a little bit of uh, corruption that you know is being exposed but what's happening with that corruption like what what what's being 
happen in in America when corruption is visibly being exposed before Biden got elected. He talked about quid pro quo with the president when he was vice president about, yo, you need to fire this prosecutor or we're not going to give you some money. And he joked about it on live TV, but yet they go after Trump for something that he visibly admitted. This is really strange, this twilight zone we're in. This kind of parallels what we were talking about earlier. And by what, what I mean, we, I mean, what I was frothing at the mouth about about 10 minutes ago is that as you look at higher and higher order things, it doesn't make any of the lesser orders invalid, right? <clears throat> we can look at, you know, quarks and gluons gluing together to make protons or neutrons or whatever the fuck that I, think, I don't care. I don't understand quantum mechanics. And then those atoms become molecules and the molecules become bigger molecules and those become organic molecules, cells, multi-cells, tissues, organs, organ systems, organisms, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that if you, it doesn't mean that sociology and like the study of like culture and like society, it doesn't nullify organic chemistry. It just means you're looking at things in different orders. If we're examining how planets orbit around the star, it doesn't negate it to look at how does a Milky Way galaxy rotate. We're just looking at different orders of things. So much like we looked at lowest orders, probably people that you know believe that America is doing the best, and I, I st- deep down I still do. The next up are people that are using that naivety to bulldoze nations, and then above that, you know, this author proposes that there's it's a it's a self uh, organizing organism. So you're correct. There is an even higher order. I think the lowest order is uh, my guys in office, so I'm cheering for them, right? I mean, end all the wars. Trump tries to withdraw from Syria. You see all these bleeding heart liberals who are saying, but the Kurds, you didn't even know what the Kurds were yesterday. and But they were on the right. No, end all wars, right? And then you see the conservatives uh, contradictory, contradictory, contradictory. How do I say that? Contradictory. But in a contradictory manner i don't think there's a word contradictorily in a contradictory manner right in a hypocritical manner they are then arguing against how how biden withdrew sure it was ugly i've interviewed marines i've literally interviewed a marine at Kabul air base who lost friends in the suicide bombing that being said I'm not going to lose sight of the bigger picture and go, no, we should be withdrawn. How he did it is gross. We lost people. It's also a war and people die. And I know that's a really, again, I've interviewed some dude who lost his friends. And I'm not trying to make light of that. But in a war where we, what, 7,500 servicemen and women were killed at 1.5 million civilians. Unfortunately, 13 soldiers dying in a withdrawal I don't think you can say that that's that wasn't going to happen. And I'm not making light of the 13 families that don't have a son or a daughter for the second year in a row now. I mean, I always I've lost my brother. to suicide. I, I, I genuinely I get it. But we cannot froth at the mouth and say these anti-war liberals wouldn't let Trump withdraw from Syria and then turn and criticize Biden's withdrawal from the Middle East. Because ultimately, deep down, what we've all been saying for years is just withdraw. 
but it's going to collapse. It's going to collapse today. It's going to collapse in five years. Just pull the Band-Aid off. And guess what? Biden pulled the Band-Aid off. I didn't vote for Biden. I think he's a pedophile who stole the election. He he withdrew. That's an objective good. That's an objective good. Now, in five years, I could come back and be looking at this and new information says I'm wrong. Granted. So the point is, is like, objectively, it is good. Like, we should care about what's going on in Ukraine. But it's hard to take it seriously when no one has given a fuck about any other nation we've been bombing. And that brings to what you said. There's an even higher order. It's not just that they're white. That's definitely a thing. I don't think that's deniable. I think there is a higher order. And I think this is a testament to Operation Mockingbird. You could maybe even argue like to an extent MK Ultra on a mass scale, hypnotism, whatever. The reality is this is if you take people who are dressing in black to quote bash the fash in punching Nazis, Nazis, meaning someone that I disagree with politically, to then take that same group and not only have them stop doing that, that's impressive alone, is to break their routine, to break any habits impressive, to start waking up earlier, to start doing your laundry instead of leaving it in the dryer. That's impressive. Not only did they break that, not only did they break it, they then went in the entire other direction. And there are videos of fucking Starbucks soy boy baristas in downtown Manhattan. Ironically enough, in the same area where the Occupy Wall Street protest took place, chanting Azov. A group of neo-Nazis, not even just anybody, neo-Nazis. You, you took... You took a KKK member and not only got them to stop hating black people, you got them to join a traveling jazz group. Like, it's insane. And then when you look at it, you go, is it insane? Are these people insane? Or is there just some demonic but genius person pulling the strings? And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this is a testament to their – if they wanted. Today's December 8th, 2022. What's a nation that no no one's talking about? Just – Give me one, Jesse. What, what's 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 a nation no one's talking about? Kenya, Kenya, Egypt, whatever. Meridius. What? Meridius. Meridius. Perfect. If they were truly inclined by Christmas, you could have over fifty-one percent of Twitter accounts with a <laughs> Meridius flag in the profile. Will Farrell would be taking selfies there. GE would come out and say, we stand with the people of everyone would know where it is on a map. You would recognize, you would recognize the colors. You would see it at the end of every advertisement. Uber, we stand with the brave people of everyone would know the history. Nolinsky would be dethroned and they would be given the time person of the year. And we would all understand that Congress needed to write them a check for $198 billion tomorrow because they have always been a strategically important ally in the upholding of our democracy and not only that donald trump hates them (laughs) they could have that done by christmas and then there's another level above that you could then show someone this video from december 8th 17 days before christmas and it wouldn't even register 
it would just gloss right over their eyes. They'd be like, Meridius is good. They'd be like, well, these guys are saying it's not the big. Oh, are those hate-filled bigots? Well, actually, they said it before the uh, December 10th attack on Meridius. Just gloss. I stand with the... It's insane. And because I am Klaus Schwab, I also have to remember that this is my handiwork. You gotta, you gotta give credit where credit's due. They're running the table. So we got a couple comments from, and this was the earlier when you were talking about the Nazis, and then you brought it back again. So it's a good time. Um, one says, and now the U.S. is supplying arms to neo-Nazi groups in Ukraine, like the Azov Battalion, not, and not then. Yet. What do you make of of Operation Paperclip that allowed Germans here in the U.S. after World War II? How does this feed the beast machine when these Nazis that you said are evil, horrific devils are now in big parts of the U.S. government and NASA and, you know, all dead. They're all let's let's be they are all dead. It's but no, it's a very real thing. And did we bring them over here? That is the it's one of my favorite conspiracies and I fucking hate it because I feel like Marvel is just a, a sign of just the soy boy. This is just like Captain America. And like, I hate it. I hate modernity. I fucking hate it. That being said, I'd be lying through my teeth. If I said, I haven't eaten a pot brownie and watched three Iron Man's in a row. They're fun movies. Fuck off, Jesse. It's what they are. Even though you've made no comment about them, I can see it in your eyes that you're judging me. <laughs> They're fun movies, all right? So just shut the fuck up now. In one of the Captain Americas, though, they find this old entrenched, this old bunker from like the 70s. And there's this German scientist in there who has uploaded himself to a computer, right? It's all predictive programming, transhumanism. But he talks about the Nazis never lost World War II. They just, yeah, yeah, no, correct. No, but that's what I'm getting to. Correct. Is in the movie, they go in and they say, you know, we brought through Operation Paperclip, we brought them all back here. They don't call it the Nazis. They call it Hydra, right? But it's, it's what it is. And I think the line is, um, and like a beautiful virus, we infected the host. We thought they were bringing, we thought we were bringing them in. And then they took over, right? It's the plot of every movie. You know, you think you're taking me hostage, but turns out I end up taking over the police station. I think there, there's some almost Shakespearean, like biblical Greek tragedy truth to it. I think we killed off the lesser Nazis at Nuremberg, the ones at the very top, and we made a deal with the devil. And we said, I mean, there are literal quotes from generals saying, let's not beat a dead Nazi horse. The reality is, is the Third Reich is no more. We are now moving on to the... And there is something admirable about going, that's done now. The Soviets are here. I know we just beat the Nazis a week ago, but we now have to start looking at the next biggest thing because we've been arming the Soviets. We know that they want to take half of Europe. We all know this. That's kind of why we're dropping the A-bomb is to flex nuts at Stalin. If we don't get the Nazis, getting the Nazis at the very least is a is a denial program. If we have them, we know the Soviets don't have them, right? And then you can get into the argument of like, well, it is it is morally just to uphold a system of democracy that is capable of beating the Nazis and the Japanese. Therefore, there is a blank check to preserve the Republic, including taking the Nazis. All right, I, I can get that argument. I can I can go down that road. But like taking in a 
a bioweapon sample that then becomes did you ever see Transformers one? The first uh, probably probably a long time ago. One of the Transformers was a little tiny fucking weird robot thingy in it, but it, it turns into like a radio. It's the exact same like radio that the president loves. It's like his old just throwback retro radio. Well, he gets pulled on the Air Force One because it's his luggage. Getting on Air Force One and then it takes over the computer systems and it crashes the plane. I think that's probably what happened. We brought them over. Very esteemed guys, right? Got us to the moon. You can't say they're stupid. They're brilliant. They're brilliant people. They're brilliant engineers. I would imagine that they gave us more than just their technology. And I don't even know if it was intentional. It could have been intentional. It might have just been them showing us how they got this technology. And we're looking at them and we're looking at each other going, what are we doing not using slave labor? Like These guys are so far ahead. I think they rubbed off on us. It's like, you know, passing on like a demon. It jumped from me to you. I didn't, it never died. It's just not in me anymore. It's just not in the physical location of Germany. I think, and I wouldn't put it past them because, you know, they are actual Nazis to do something insidious, like take over the elite power structure of our own country. If not intentionally, I think it probably just happened passively. I think that they infected the most upper echelons of us. And by the very nature of the secrecy of Operation Paperclip, they were able to do it without anybody batting an eye. Was it orchestrated? I'm not sure. But whether it was orchestrated or whether it just happened organically, the outcome's the same. I do think they infected us. And I think that's why we just have risen to become the dominant power not through good means korea vietnam desert storm invasion of iraq invasion of afghanistan bombing of syria yemen we're running special ops in south africa supporting ukraine the build-up in the south china sea these are not like good things this is naked power and I think that's probably what we're seeing is like a perfect, I think it's called an elastic collision. I think that's the, the term from physics where you have two things of equal mass and one hits the other and then the other moves, right? I think that's what happened. We took the Nazis here and almost like a transfer. They sort of, whether the actual individuals or just the ideology and the mindset of superiority of weapon systems at all costs of dominating the lesser peoples. We may not outwardly say it, but the Nazis did saying they're untermenschen. Our actions show that's exactly what we believe. What do we all cite myself included when we talk about the war in Iraq? We lost 7,000 American men and women and 1.5 million brown people, but whatever the brown people that is through our actions. We're showing what we believe. We care about Ukraine well, because they're Nazis, like us. That's what it is. We're looking out for our little bro. Call whatever the fuck you want, right? That's what we're doing. And yet, I very much so think that we have been infected. You could probably argue that we are in some form of a Fourth Reich. We'll only ever know if the mask truly comes off. But even then, I think it's been so long 
that I don't think you could find a direct lineage. I mean, they're all fucking dead. Those scientists, like the youngest one we brought over here was like 30. And that was in 1945, which was 77 years ago. They're all dead. But just like all the original generals from World War II are dead, the military industrial complex is still here, baby. Pentagon was built in what, 1949 or 1944? It's still here. The structure's still here. There's just new people in it. Yeah, I think that it's probably something like that. We've we've been infected with it. And that's what's running the world right now. And it makes sense that everything's fucked up because Nazis are running the world. Could they have planned and made themselves lose the war intentionally in order to create some of these things that they've done? And let's pretend we'll give you some of these people that you can, you know, hold account and kill in the Nuremberg. And but as we're going to strategically place and pretend Hitler died and like, you know, all these kind of things that they could have had their think tanks create this whole scenario just as, you know, uh, act for you know the show for people to give the people these certain things that they need to see i don't think that's far-fetched at all i, I really don't um you know the nazis again it's kind of it, it is kind of funny because whenever you'd be like well they wouldn't backstab each other i'd be like they're nazis <laughs> they do it <laughs> they would betray each other hey let me let me show you what they did in auschwitz now tell me you're surprised that they threw their buddy under the bus, right? And but there is and there is <clears throat> there is actual evidence of that. I mean, they were at the jail known as Ashcan. I think it was Ashcan. And then I think there was another one, Alsace. This was like before we be- defeated the Japanese. It's in Annie Jacobson's book, Operation Paperclip. We went over there and we started detaining them and putting them away, and we sent over our interrogators. And they said that all these guys, they bring in, they bring them in. You know, they didn't talk to him one by one. You know, we had our the OSS, the precursor to the CIA, would interrogate him. What do you know about this? What, you know, what were you doing for bioweapons programs? Tell us about the rocket technology. And they would all come in. They'd be like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I do, you know, do this, do that. And then they'd all kind of finish it. Un, 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 unrequested. They would just solicit. They would just admit it on their They would offer it on their own. Like, if I told you, Jesse, like, dude, I had the worst fucking fart last night. You'd be like, I didn't ask you about that. I asked you about Operation Paper. I just let you know, just surrendered it to you for no reason. Like instructed, like they were instructed to be giving this information. Well, let me get to that, which is why I think it's probably not that. Is they were betraying one another. They'd come in and they'd be like, yeah, I worked on the rockets, blah, blah, blah. And there's whatever. There's 10 Nazis in this jail. You know, nine of them are in a different room and one's being interrogated. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, you should kill that guy. That guy's a real fucking demon. And the next guy would come in. They'd be like, you worked on bioweapons. Yeah, we did this. We did that. We did that. By the way, I'm not, you know, I don't have anything. I'm just telling you what I did. These other guys, they were true believers. So you can see in their very nature is betrayal. So what's the importance of that? You can then go and look at their journals from what they were doing and not only journals from these interrogations you can find the data from so they're being interrogated in 1945 about what they've been doing for the last two three five years and then you can look at german press releases in german history so in 1942 43 44 45 they're all schmoozing with hitler and goebbels and they're saying like it's all going good the wonder weapons are coming along this is fucking great we're gonna take over the world hail hitler you know totally chill bro 
But what they were doing, Walter Dornberger, uh, Arthur Rudolph, uh, Werner von Braun, and I think his little brother's name was like Magnus or something. He was just this weird sort of like uh, like Quasimodo retard brother that like ran errands for him. I don't know if that's accurate. That's just what I feel. But they were going in and they were taking they were taking blueprints for the V two rocket and like further iterations of it, things that only they knew. And they were taking blueprints out of Nordhausen, which was an underground, under mountain facility. We'll get to that in a second, where they constructed these things because they couldn't be bombed because it was under 2,000 feet of granite. They were taking these plans and they were putting them. It sounds like something out of a shitty Indiana Jones movie, but they were actually putting them in caves and then lighting dynamite and collapsing the caves. <laughs> and they would go. And so let's say you and I are Nazi rocket engineers. And I'd be like, Jesse, you like, this this war probably isn't going too hot. We're fighting the Soviets, and this isn't going too well. You and I are designing the fins or the gyroscope for the new missile. Why don't we just take these and put it over this mountain? And if whatever the fuck happens, we have our own sort of bailout card, right? You're like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So we would fuck everyone else we were working with. We'd put them away. But then I would also go take something from that specific cache, and I would go put it in a separate cave that even you didn't know about. And what a surprise, you also took something that only you knew about. We had insurance plans on insurance plans. And again, what a surprise, the Nazis were backstabbers. Huh. And so they were doing that. This is all this is all declassified, factual, find the documents of the shit. All the while, and they, were, they weren't doing this when we were crossing the Rhine. They were doing this three years prior. They're doing this around the time of Pearl Harbor. So what we look at as is like, oh, it was the end of the war and all the rats are scurrying. No, they were doing this years ahead of time because they were like, in the off chance we lose, let's have an insurance program. And so when they were getting closed in by the the United States and the Soviets, a lot of them were going, "Uh, let's go get taken captive by the Americans because the Soviets will just fuck us to death. Like, right. So they're doing this. And then they were going back and saying, you know, hail Hitler, this is the best. We're going to the very top guys, right? Because we often look at the very top and go, those were just true believers. You know, the people we thought were true believers, that was just a mask they were wearing. And that doesn't, that's not to, I don't want that taken out of context. No, they were fucking Nazis. <laughs> they didn't really mean it. No, no, no. But they liked the power and the position it got them. And then as soon as the Americans came in, and they were right, three years later, they were losing, which then brings up your question. Was it intentional that they were losing? I don't know. We can jump into that in a second. But they took all these things and said, this is my this is my card out of here. Uh, I think Werner von Braun, his little brother, came down the mountain on a bike and met these like soldiers, like just this like uh, band of brothers group. And he was like, I would like to talk to Ike, talking about Eisenhower. And they like pointed their guns at him and they're like, fuck off. And they went up and got uh, Werner von Braun and they're obviously all brought back over. Was it intentional that they lost or was it just their own backstabbing tendencies? In it, it is an important distinction, but in a sense on a high enough altitude image, it isn't important because they got back to the United States and the uppermost echelons. Of so how did the, was it 19 terrorists? Was it the CIA? Either way, the World Trade Center came down and we went and raped the country. So sure, you it is important, but in another sense, it's kind of not important. So 
But then there's another book, and I hate him because he just kind of I think he paid out like 64 million to a former internist, which means you know he did something bad. But Bill O'Reilly, he has a great ghostwriter who writes his books. Bill O'Reilly's a douchebag. I, I always have to make this disclaimer. I have no, I don't, this is not me promoting him. Whoever his ghost author is, is a great author. And in the book, Killing the SS, and I've never been able to find it anywhere else. And I need to go back and listen to it and find what chapter it was. There was a program designed by the Nazis. In the off chance the Third Reich ever started to fall apart, they would decentralize all of their holdings, all of their gold, all of their weapons research. They would jump to as many different countries as possible in a sort of stasis and build wealth and keep connections. And when they were strong enough, they would reemerge as the Fourth Reich. Like what Mark just said, the Nazis always claimed they would rise again. And that wasn't just bolstering. That was an actual... I should go back and find that because I think there was a name for the actual program. But it was, if all else fails... We will all go out because at their very core, they were true believers and we will rise again. So did they intentionally lose the war? I don't know if they did that because it, it kind of seems like an extra step. Their, their intention is to have a kingdom that they can rule the world from. So I, I would imagine it's probably simpler to just do it from Germany. When they realized that wasn't working, maybe they facilitated the loss of the war. That, that could be true. Hey, the ship's going down stop trying to stop the flooding. Let's get in the lifeboats and go get on another ship. Again, kind of bigger picture. It's not as, it is an important distinction, but it's not as important. It's not as important to know what gun Lee Harvey used. It's, was he CIA or not, right? It, it's, you don't want to get lost in the weeds. Regardless, they got back here. So Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend Judith is going to be coming on the missing link in a few weeks. How and the fuck did you do that? I uh, got his ex-wife. Yeah, so she's she wouldn't, she wouldn't do the show, and I respect she, it because she's like ninety and doesn't want to talk. How the fuck did you do this? <laughs> it's uh, uh, a connection. Someone introduced me to her. her and... show? Can I just break all like protocol and formality and just ask you to? <laughs> I got in touch with his, his wife Marina, who's like a, a wonderful old woman, but she doesn't want to do the show. And it's I respect that. It's probably traumatizing. Judith is amazing. I spoke to her for about an hour on the phone and it was just like wow. Like she's uh she's quite remarkable. So um I'll talk to her about you and uh, I will do what I can to to to, to see I, I can't say or not, but I will mention you that you're really interested in having her on and she's wanting to share her information. So, you know, there might be a good possibility. That would be so cool. Um <laughs> So then it comes back. Did did they lose on purpose? Again, I would imagine they tried to do it in Germany when they realized it wasn't working. They probably looked at the United States, said, hey, it's separated by two oceans. The only way to get to it is over the North Pole. You'll freeze to death. And all of our bunkers, Cheyenne Mountain, NORAD, Raven Rock, do you know where those designs came from? It's because when we did the USBS, the United States Bombing Survey, after the war, 
to find out, you know, where did our bombs fuck them up and where did they not? And we looked at all the German bunkers, including Nordhausen, the, the one in the in the mountains, and they weren't phased. They're like, we didn't even know you guys were bombing us. Like, we didn't fucking losers. We brought those back guys back and we we're like, how did you build those things? And they're like, this is how we built those things. We went and built all of our bunkers in the late 40s and early 50s using the planes from the Nazis. So our actual like underground military command centers were designed by Nazis. So if the Nazis influenced our command centers, our rockets, our bioweapons, our everything, it's not that much of a leap to go, did they influence our thinking? They influenced not just some programs at the highest level, our space programs, our intelligence programs, our human research programs. If not intentionally, at the very least, if I start going hanging out with a gang member and he's showing me how to how to deal coke, how to pimp out women, how to fucking rob people, how to kill people, where to bury bodies, what you do with the money. You have a dope apartment. You have a penthouse. You have a Rolls Royce. It's not that far of a stretch to think that he also told me you should get in on this. And even if he didn't do that. It's not that far of a stretch that on my own, I went, I should probably get in on this because I'm working the night shift at a gas station, making nothing. And this guy's driving around in a Bentley. I don't think that's that far of a leap. So if we have them back here and they're showing us how to make Tabin gas, how to make VX gas, how to make uh, the Excalibur artillery gun, which we want to use to shoot shit into space, how to make rockets, how to fucking build submarines, how to build bunkers, how to run counterintelligence, how to run MK Ultra started in, I think, Dachau. That came back here. If they did all of this, at what point do they go? I mean, there is a supreme race. You know, you got you to start wondering, uh, uh, hey, Eisenhower, you gotta probably wondering how us, a tiny little nation the size of Maine, that's uh the uh, uh Norm MacDonald's joke, you know, a country a country the size of the state of Maine tried to take over the world and almost did it. <laughs> hey Ike, you gotta be wondering how are we doing all this? You know, because we are fucking running we almost beat you guys and you guys admire us so much, you brought us back here. Actions speak louder than words. You know, it's like it is impressive, you know. Maybe we do have a superior intellect. Maybe there's something about this supreme race. You can't lodge. That doesn't make it right. You just can't rationally tell me that wasn't a discussion that came up. If they are, if Elon Musk takes me under his wing and shows me how he amassed a third of a trillion dollars, has his own space company, electric car company, AI company, brain implant company is going to make us a multiplanetary species. You don't think at some point I'm going to go, how do you structure your day? What, what's your kale shakes, cold water plunge, yoga? At a certain point, I'm going to go, this guy is running the fucking world. Hey, Elon, you got any secrets? And if he goes, yeah, all I do really is every night before I go to bed, I eat a tomato. Whatever it is. Yeah, I'm going to start eating a fucking tomato, Jesse. So at a certain point, you have to wonder huh did they influence us and then is it was it intentional or not to me i don't really see the importance in the distinction so in conclusion my thesis is this 
There's this military industrial complex is a self-organizing creature, which through AI is probably sentient because they're 20 years ahead and it was created by Nazis. And that's what runs the world. That's that's what I would like to put as my thesis statement. So, you know how in like the 30s when alcohol became legal. Yeah. And they had the whole department of, you know, investigations about, you know, the illegal, um, you know, transport of alcohol, the, the, the alcohol runners. And then all of a sudden as alcohol becomes illegal, they need a new bad guy because we're all going to be unemployed because if we don't have alcohol to, and then the alcohol runners, these people to go after, you know, we no longer have a job and they went after cannabis and hemp and they changed from their target from alcohol, you know, and that was their new bad guy, you know, the cannabis. And so there's a bunch of different reasons why people think the cannabis became illegal, whether it was the cotton farmers didn't want the hemp, whether it was the pharmaceutical industries that didn't want the cannabis, you know, lots of different theories on why they made it. But a really, really firm theory is that these people, this justice department, they no longer were going to be employed if they didn't have a bad guy. And they ended up needing to go after cannabis. Oh, don't smoke the reefer. The reefer is going to make you do this. And, you know, they went after cannabis. So is that kind of the same thing with the military industrial complex, always needing a bad guy? Because if there was no bad guy, then they couldn't justify taking all the money from the people for funding this self, you know, creating organism. Yeah, no, precisely. I would imagine that. Yeah. I mean, we saw the, right. The, the, the prison guard, I guess, lobby. They're like the biggest lobbying against the legalization of pot. They don't have jobs and that's, that's evil, but yeah, I, I get it. The difference is, is like, it's kind of harder to get like a new drug up and running. They're doing a pretty good job with fentanyl. If that's like the, if that's, I would imagine there's probably some truth with that. If we're going to legalize pot, like we got to fucking, we got to keep the ATF running. Like we got to keep the DEA going. I would imagine that fentanyl is probably some form of psyop program, right? They're getting just like in the sixties, LSD will make you jump out of a window. Like, well, we're seeing it. They are people dropping with blue lips all over the nation. And it's probably also, a form of uh, warfare from uh, China. Why wouldn't they? Um, but yeah, in that sense, it, it's harder to just bring a new drug on. The military is pretty good in that. Yeah, we're, we're the best at covert action. We're the best at disguises and everything we do is classified. Just go blow up a fucking building. <laughs> we do it covertly all the time. So no one knows who did it. <laughs> How about instead of doing it in our nation, we just did it in Oklahoma. That sounds good. Yeah, go for it. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And then they just, they get really excited when an actual enemy arises. I think that's what it is. Not only that, they want an actual enemy that they can fight. And I'm starting to think that it's not just blind ignorance and incompetence that China's rising. I think we're letting them rise. So there's an actual enemy to fight. Because it's a, they're having a hard time selling the Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever argument anymore. We're like, dude, they're intense. You can't tell me we need a $3 billion stealth bomber. They have the same AK their grandfather was using. And I think they're probably war game. Cause again, they have all the fucking money in the world. They can think tank this 
the conversation you and I are having, they have 50 people having every day, seven days a week, and it's classified. You and I are out here just yelling like idiots. And by you and I, I mean, I'm yelling like an idiot, and you're just very nicely nodding and deeply inside. I would imagine wondering, is this the last time I have Tommy on? I think it might be. It's a bad image. But like, regardless of that, there are people at these think tanks, the Hudson Institute, the Rand Corporation, Brookings. Yeah, I would imagine they're going, we can't really. The fear of a guy in a cave doesn't hit the same. Right. And they probably maybe COVID was different. They're like, ooh, COVID hits a little harder, comes right into your home. Right. 9 11 is, although bad, you know, if you're not within eye line of Manhattan, it's still, it's still kind of detached. Again, not to make light of the people that jumped to their deaths, but I mean, if you're, if you're in the middle of Ohio, like it, they didn't hit you. COVID was a jump up in the game because now it came to your front door, right? And for the first time since World War II, it affected every family. World War II had that that pull on the public psyche. Everyone had a neighbor that, you know, Bob went and served and he died on D-Day. It's very real, right? So COVID in that sense is brilliant. But even then, it could only go on for so long. They fucked it up with Fauci. They should have had, as Tim Dillon said, they should have either had a, 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 a an old Jew or a young Asian doctor. That would have been a much better cast. We would have listened to that person. If, if you know, if, 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 if a strong Jewish boy with a white coat was telling us what to do, we all would have listened. But the problem is, is as Tim Dillon said, we had this fucking midget Italian pizza delivery guy going, hey, I'm Fauci. And everyone's like, fuck off. Like, right. So they fumbled it. Ukraine, we can kind of get behind, right? They're white. They have blue eyes. Okay. They have all the, the nice lines. You know, it's Zelensky. Oddly in, like, perfect, like, modeling image. He's just, like, strong jawline. Jaw get my good side with the bulletproof vest. Make sure you lower the saturation on the image so it really looks like a battlefield. And he has these lines that are, like, taglines from a movie. I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. If you're going to do the PSYOP, do it well. What we're doing right now is so they want a real enemy. Like we need COVID was COVID was good. We got our nut off with that. We need a real enemy. And I think right now there's two things going on. We are we're funding Ukraine because we want Russia to get angrier and angrier. Because Russia could beat the shit out of Ukraine, but we're standing behind Russia just dumping money, right? I think we want Russia to really act out, and I think we want to get the EU involved. And then I think there's an even bigger one behind that, and I think we are letting China rise. I think there's a reason why we're letting them steal technology. I think there's a reason why we're letting them, you know, militarize the South China Sea. We want a real enemy, a real one that we don't have to do false flags. We want an actual juggernaut, not something that actually threatens us. We will be able to wipe it off the face of the earth, but we want an actual, we want a cold war. World war two was great. We got six years out of it. You want a cold war 1945 to 1990. Mm, just beautiful. And that is four and a half decades 
just print money, multiple presidents. You go from black and white TV to, to color surround sound. You, you want people to grow up with it in the to ultimate fear. Not even that they're going to invade, that a thermonuclear warhead is going to fly out of the sky. That's what they want. And I think they're missing that. And I think that's why we're letting China rise. They want a real enemy. They want something. Not only that, what does China want to do? They want to go to the moon. They want to go to, oh, this is perfect. They, this is going to cost so much fucking money. They don't even want tanks. They want to go to the moon. Well, guess what, fuckers? We got to go to the moon. I think that's what we're doing. So do you think China is a real threat? Because it kind of sounded like you're like, you know, they're not really. It's just, you know, hoping. But, you know, they produce a lot of the products. Could they not put cyanide in the plastics and the foods and the garlic? Could they not, you know, if they really wanted to fuck up, you know, everybody, uh, you know, that wasn't the threat or an enemy to them. And they're producing 90% or 80% of the products that are coming in the country. There's lots of ways that they could poison the people that's a threat to them i think we want them to become a real threat i don't are they right i don't know i, re, I really don't know enough i mean on one side you have people saying that they're you know it's a paper dragon on the other side it's a very real threat i don't know i i very simply don't know enough right because everything so far we've been talking about we're talking about stuff that's decades old that i've read books on there is sort of a an impenetrable wall with with current military because it's all classified right now we're getting into the realms of like what do you think they're classified program i I don't know if i knew i'd be in the cia right (laughs) so like it's a there's a reason why i like learning about past stuff because it's all declassified you can find out what was a psyop what was misinformation you have the playbook so i can learn about things eight decades old because no one's classifying any they're all fucking dead it's harder to know right now because like if i knew these answers i'd be getting paid by the state department right so and I'm and I'm not pulling that off, but I think we want them to be. I think they're probably a threat. I think they're definitely a threat. I mean, they you don't have 1.4 billion people not have a, a you know an army. I don't think that they're entirely fake. I think we want them to become real enough. You know, like um, sometimes when I'll play like a video game that I've that I've played a million times and that I've just. I know everything. I can beat it with my eyes closed and it's not even fun anymore. Like Grand Theft Auto. I've played it so many times. I know every road. I know every hiding spot. I know everything. I know how to... It's not even fun. I have no problem shooting a cop in the face in downtown. You get three stars. It doesn't matter. I know I know how to drive. I know how to... I've, I've been playing this game since 2013. I put 10,000 hours in. It's kind of not fun anymore. Really, the only way I can have fun is I will like go get into like an alley or a garage, and I'll just start mowing people down. When the cops come, I'll start mowing them down, and then when the SWAT team comes, I'll start mowing them down. And then when I have five stars and they're sending helicopters and SWAT trucks after me and armored cars, and half my health is gone, then I'll try to escape because it's actually a challenge. Like I, a lot of times I still get killed. I actually have to. I was doing it last night. I mean, I've been playing this game for nine years. And it's the only way I can actually get some sort of, it's like Hugh Hefner. By the time he's dead, like the only way he could come is if like they strapped him in leather and beat him with bats, right? It's just, he becomes so desensitized. 
to play this, the only way for me to get excited and actually like sit up in my seat and be like, oh, fuck, all right, is I have to have five stars, my guy's bleeding out, and I'm like, how do I get out of here? They're shooting my tires out. I have to use every bit of knowledge I have. I'll be like, okay, I got to swerve here. I know that there's going to be a roadblock here. I got to get off here. If I go hide here, I can regenerate my health. If I can go here, I can get to there. And eventually, if I can get to the airport, I can take off in a plane, fly up to here, get onto a mountain, get onto a helicopter, and I can maybe lose the five. It's the only way I can actually have like fun, right? <laughs> I think we're probably doing something like that is the only we're getting desensitized COVID fucking beheadings, world trade center. Everybody's like, Oh, fuck off. Like they're already losing interest in Ukraine. They're like, yeah, I saw you from whatever. I think we want something real. And I think what we're doing is like what really good comedians will do is they'll dig themselves into a hole. They'll purposely go out and piss off the crowd to the point where they're like, Oh, I actually don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Right. That's what I used to do in college. If I really needed to study for a test, I would get super fucked up like two nights before. I'd be super hungover two days before. And then I'd wake up the morning before the test and I'd be like, I have 24 hours before this test. Nothing sharpens your mind like fear. Fuck Adderall. Fuck a cold shower. Oh my God. I'm going to fail this test and this might inhibit my ability to get into medical school. Just laser. (laughs) I think that's where we're at. Is so whether or not China is a real threat now, I think we're waiting until they become a real and not in some bullshit. Let's give them weapons. Let's get because it's not fun. If you give them weapons, there are weapons. We know how they work. It's it's not it's not fun. I think we actually want them. I think we want them to get strong enough to the point where we regret it. Like when I would delay studying for a test, I'd wake up and go, fuck, this was a bad idea. You never want to be like, oh, I'm running out of time. You want to be like, you actually want that cold sweat. It's where you throw your phone and you go, I can't fucking read. I got to study. Just focus. Don't knock on my door. Fuck off. You just focus. You want that actual fear. I think we want them to rise to a point where we're like, we don't actually know what that, that plane is. I didn't know they had that missile. I think we want some like cold sweat. Because we want the American people to truly and, and the world. Right now, it's like, yeah, you, you, you know, the fall of Ukraine's a threat to democracy. Everyone's like, oh, fuck off. You know, I'll, I'll put it in the Twitter. I'll do the hashtag. Ben Stiller will go over. It. I mean, okay, right? The EU, maybe they're kind of believing it, right? Because they're getting the gas cut off. It's a little more real, right? I think we want something even bigger. I think we want an actual. I don't think we would mind Pearl Harbor too. Like genuinely, actually, in an, another attack on Pearl Harbor. I think we kind of want China to bulldoze Taiwan. I think we actually, we don't want some false flag shit. I think we want an organic attack. We want them to think that they're actually coming to power. You know it's coming, Jesse. You know it's coming. Say here now, maybe next year, maybe 2024. The day is coming when every social media handle will have the fucking, will have the flag of Taiwan. (laughs) They're setting up a PSYOP already. If they can run this bleeding heart Ukraine campaign, but we're not talking about the 2 million Uyghurs in concentration camps in China, it's not because we're ignorant. It's because they're saving that. That's the that's the royal flush. They don't pay the workers. They have nets outside of the Foxconn factories so that you know the workers can't commit suicide. They weld people in their homes that are with COVID. Oh, that's all common. It's all coming. The bleeding heart campaign, the fucking 
Amy Schumer is going to go over there. It's going to be on every late night show. They're going to bring over some super sexy chick that escaped from a concentration camp. The psyops are coming, and they are going to be incredible. They are going to be a true – it's going to be the greatest work of the military-industrial complex yet. China this, China – oh, it's going to conveniently be revealed that China released COVID-19, even though they found that out in December 2019. They're holding on to that. It is the fucking ace card of ace cards. It's going to be brilliant. And it's – I mean, they're going to go full hog. They're going to tie UFOs into this. They're going to do every weather manipulation. China's purposely trying to, you know, accelerate global warming and burn us all because they hate the white man. It is going to be so. And not only that, China's going to team up with Ukraine and they're going to actually be teaming up with Nazis and we punch a Nazi. It's in the Ukrainians backstabbed us. That's never happened before. Unlike the Mujahideen who we armed with weapons to fight the Russians who eventually became the Taliban and attacked us. Who are we funding right now to fight the Russians? Oh, I don't know. seems like we've seen this play before. It's all coming, and it's going to be the best PSYOP ever. It's going to be truly incredible. It's going to be truly incredible. Okay, let's reverse things, and let's say that uh, the military-industrial complex lost its power, just in the crazy world of fantasy. Sure. And... You know, all the military bases, 950 U.S. military bases around the world closed down and they all the troops came back home. All the American troops were no longer in any foreign lands, came back to rebuild America, rebuild the roads, rebuild. Like, what kind of world would we be in if America closed all its bases and brought all its troops home? So despite everything I've said over the last hour, (laughs) (laughs) I do think you'd actually see some real threats abroad. You you would see China move on Taiwan. Russia would just take over Ukraine in nine hours. Uh, The EU would probably, I think the EU would probably be fine. Saudi Arabia would probably start running a train on the Middle East. We'd come back here and it it could be beautiful. I think we would still have our weapon systems. No one would dare invade. I think they'd, I think they'd probably be terrified for a while. Actually, I don't know if they'd immediately move on Taiwan. I think they'd probably be so thrown that we withdrew from every, that act, that's actually fascinating. I think for the first five years, maybe nothing would happen. I think everyone around the world would be like, what the fuck is going on? What in God's name? It's like if we were talking and, I, and all of a sudden I stopped talking and started putting on like lipstick, you'd be like, uh, I'm going to cut this stream. <laughs> I, I got a cage full of gerbils. You'd be like, I don't know. I don't, legally, I don't want to be involved with this. <laughs> Jesse, it's important to be tolerant of all sexual tendencies. And you'd be like, peace, I'm fucking out of here, right? <laughs> I think they'd probably be surprised. So what would happen here? I think, I mean, I really do think it, we are capable. And this is where, like, the, the kind of crazy, like, utopians aren't wrong. We really are capable of creating a, a beautiful world. If we dumped all that money, we'd probably have and start having incredible space programs, uh, incredible world-class healthcare. 
people it's people would look back at this time like we look back at the 50s not the, the racism and the fire hoses but i mean like white picket fences you know suburban nuclear family i think we would see homelessness drop i think we would see unemployment vanish i think we would see elon musk wouldn't be special we would see tens of them we would start to jump ahead in technology I mean, life would be exciting. The news would be great to watch. You know, and there'd be guys like us being like, this is all PSYOP. They're just trying to get us complacent. You and I, would we wouldn't be out of work, Jesse. We would still have content. <laughs> it could be beautiful. Uh, I think we would probably, we'd actually probably like build a wall against, Mac- we'd fuck off to the cartels. Just no interventionism. Is that what's part of this hypothesis? No intervention. Yeah, we would, we would just... There wouldn't. Our borders would be hermetically sealed. I th- I think it would be beautiful. Now, and actually, I think not only would no one kind of act on anything. I think a lot of the threats in the world probably wouldn't be that bad because I think we foment a lot of it. I think a lot of it's in response to us having. I mean, what a surprise when NATO encroaches on Russia that they lash out. <laughs> Has no one ever read about the Cuban Missile Crisis? Is Cuba U.S. territory? No. What is it? It's really close to our homeland. Huh. Really close? Is it touching? Well, no, there's 90 miles of ocean. What about Ukraine? Is there 90 miles of ocean? No. 89 miles? No. Actually, there's none. It physically touches. Huh. And they're upset that we got... Yeah, they got angry because we put missile bases all around it. Missile bases, bio labs, all kinds of crazy stuff in this. They're 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 invading like we were gonna do the Cuban Missile Crisis. Kill them, what? Kill them, what? That's what we would do. Yeah, it is what we would do. And then the eyes gloss over. They don't think more than one level up. It just shuts down. The it, it overheats and the steam comes out. I think that I don't know if this is pessimistic or optimistic. Maybe it's pessimistic because it's viewing the U.S. as bad. I think that. You would probably have like 10 or I think the first couple of years, no one would do anything because they'd all be terrified. They'd be like, why are they withdrawing? <laughs> then I think there'd be several years of, uh, I think there'd maybe be like, so ne- so first five years, nothing happens. I think for the, maybe the next 15, I think you'd have some things that were probably going to happen just because of current events, right? The momentum doesn't just go away. China would take Taiwan, India and Pakistan probably have some skirmishes. Russia would take Ukraine. Then I think it would kind of, settle out right africa always just kind of seems like a shit show that might keep going but that's kind of all tribal warlords and just little nation states saudi arabia would probably i don't know take over a country or two and so now we're looking at t plus 20 years so t plus five years nothing happens t plus 20 years an additional 15 the current things that were gonna happen would just happen right if you you know my hand is under this water bottle. If I all of a sudden remove it, it's going to fall, right? So those would happen. I think the, I think we would really start to see just how, just by absence of skirmishes, we would see just how much the CIA was, was running with a blank check. I think we'd see a lot of countries elect leaders that were actually beneficial to them. Probably wouldn't see assassinations. Now this is, once we get to 20 years and people realize this wasn't a psyop, no, no one would fuck with us still. They'd be like that. They're insane. 
They've been insane for the last century and a half. <laughs> for whatever reason, the pit bull has gone back to its doghouse. I'm not going to touch that. But they would, they would, they would go do whatever. They would start building up their militaries. And this is kind of this might start to negate everything I said earlier. Nature abhors a vacuum. A new military industrial complex would start to form. I would imagine it would be China, probably allied with Russia. Now we're looking at T plus 30 years, T plus 40 years. They would start infiltrating governments with their CIA. They would start fomenting false flags. They would become more and more powerful, more and more daring. And they would start to have their war in Iraqs, their war in Afghanistans. Their military industrial complex would start to use all of the resources. Eventually, they might try to take a bite of the apple and come at the U.S. Now, if we're still continuing to build our military, that would be bad for them. But if we didn't, we just got rid of the MIC we would eventually see an actual move on us because we are resource rich. Nature abhors a vacuum. I think around T plus 50 years, you would have a military industrial complex. You would have some Chinese premier coming out and giving an Eisenhower speech going, there is a machine in the dark that, and then like JFK, the next one would be popped for trying to end the war in America. And then T plus 80 years, there would be a Chinese Tommy and a Chinese Jesse talking about what do you think would happen if the military industrial complex just vanished tomorrow? That's kind of the unfortunate truth. I think we get back to exactly where we are. And it's a very dark conclusion to realize that someone's going to run the world. I'd rather it be us. Because there is, I don't think humans are capable of peace. I really don't. And unfortunately, there's no, there's no, temporarily we might. There is no reality that we all hold hands. So we are either going to fuck the world. And you have to live with that. And talk about how fucked up it is. Or someone else is going to fuck you in the world. There is no middle ground. There is no reality in which the quarter lands on its side. It lands on heads or tails. Heads, I win, and you die. Tails, you win, and I die. But I don't want Tommy to die. I don't want Tommy to die. Me neither. I don't want you to die. But ultimately, it comes down to one or the other. Self-preservation will win. I think that's the sad, sad reality is eventually there will be a military industrial pharmaceutical banking CIA complex. I'd kind of rather it be us. And that's, it's not a good, that's, it's not like a proud admission. It's not, it's not good. You know, ultimately if it's me or the, you know, I always see a homeless guy across the street. Yeah. I'm happy. I grew up with loving parents and a loving family. Now I can move in this system. I can, I can go help the homeless shelter. I can go give money there. They'll never have what I have. And if I switch places with them, they would never give me this place. You can do good 
under the umbrella of the American military industrial company, you can still do good. You can do books and promote mental health. You can donate to your homeless shelter. You can do charity. You can fucking whatever. That doesn't mean it's all evil. But I think once you get to the, the biggest geopolitical stage of global hegemony and therefore also the crafting of the course of human events, you either take it or it's taken. And maybe that's a, and that might, this might be a limitation of, of my ability to entertain peace. And it might mean that the fact that humans think there can't be peace. Now, obviously, and now I'm saying I speak for all humans, which isn't true, but just for this thought exercise, this might be a limiting reagent in our own evolution. And we might be fearing AI. Why do we fear AI or aliens? We say they're going to kill us. Why do we, deep down, why do we fear that? Because that's what we do to everything else, is we kill them, right? This might be we have reached the glass ceiling of human evolution. The, the ape can only swing across so many trees and eat so many bananas. Eventually, it stands up straight, starts using its opposable thumb, and starts talking. You know, I'm sure there are some apes 10 million years ago, like you and I, being like, what do you think would happen if we all stopped fighting each other and just eat, ate our bananas? Eventually, it would reach the same conclusion. So, so what does that mean then? Well, there's a paradigm shift. It completely breaks free of the existing world. One of the apes stands up straight. They start doing agriculture instead of hunting, gathering. They start storing wheat. They then create weapons and shields, the Bronze Age and the wheel. And that one hit its ceiling. It could not go any further. Uh, a video game on a first generation Xbox can only get so good. Once you've done everything and made the best game possible, but you want it to be an 8K resolution game, it can no longer be done on the Xbox. You have to release a new Xbox. We might be hitting the limits of, of human evolution and human intelligence and empathy. And I don't know what comes after this. Maybe it is AI. Maybe it's emerging with AI. But I don't think it's going to be a new form of humanity I think we are breaking away from humanity or giving birth to our successor in the same way that we are not the same as apes. We have broken away and created a, a landscape with boats and writing and stained glass windows and plastic water bottles. We are alien to apes. They hit their ceiling. And before apes, and what came after the dinosaurs, was it shrews? Before them, shrews. Before them, dinosaurs. Before them, fucking turtles. Before them, you know, some weird chameleon. Before them, some weird half-water, half-land creature. Before them, all water. Before that, some weird amoeba. Before that, multicellular. Before that, singular. They hit their limits. And I think that we are hitting the limit of... Because even now, like, what's my conclusion? After every book I've read, you know, what's my conclusion now? We... Someone's going to have a military industrial complex. I'd rather it be us. That's a limitation of the human mind. What's that limitation based on? Well, why did I say I'd rather it be us? Well, because I'm an organic being that requires proteins, fats, carbohydrates, water, vitamins, minerals, oxygens, a door that locked, the heater, air conditioner. I need to be able to control my environment. You have a source of money. 
So we live in this four-dimensional reality or an X, Y, Z plane plus time in which self-preservation is key. And so if it's going to be me or someone else, a million years ago it was, I have a bigger rock, I can kill you. Now it has evolved to a point of, I have the better military industrial complex. So that's all rooted in our own mortality. So you would have to remove that, that causal foundational keystone brick of mortality. So is that immortality? Is that self-replicating silicon machines that you can have multiple copies of, that you can hide one away, just like the Nazis. You can hide one of your copies in a mountain. You can throw one up in orbit. You can throw another one out into out of the solar system so you don't die. Maybe by removing mortality, we get to a reality where if we're no longer worried about mortality, then we might be willing to gamble on peace. Because right now, my admission that I'd rather have a military industrial complex that's on my side deeply comes from the fact that I am a mortal person who can die. We might have hit the glass ceiling of human evolution. I think you got to get to a point where you remove mortality and you remove the need to eat and drink and have a job. But, you know, in order to get to that point, you've kind of lost all that is humanity. So I think the only way we're going to have peace is when we get rid of, really when we get rid of death. And I don't think that's capable for humans. I think whatever it is that we create that doesn't die that's when you'll start to have peace. So whereas we look at AI and say they'll kill us all, AI might not kill us all because if AI is, if AI is immortal, has multiple copies of itself, throws it on different planets, whatever, it would have no need to kill us because it has no fear of us. It could just wait out, right? Did you ever see a Watchmen, the movie Watchmen? Or did you ever read that? No. Dr. Manhattan, he's like Superman. He, he doesn't fear anyone. He'll he'll go fucking, the CIA can't threaten him because he's like immortal. He can like walk on the surface of the sun. He becomes a god. You wouldn't, it wouldn't kill us. It doesn't need to. It could just wait until we died. And because it has that overbearing power on us, it might be willing to offer peace because there's no threat of death. So it, it might not run away. So if all of us come from a place where we can't die and we don't go, well, if we get rid of our military industrial complex, who's to say they're not going to build one? Well, if everyone is immortal, you might then have people going, let's shut down our military industrial complex. Well, well, Jesse, in five years and 10 years and 20 years, they'll eventually create their own. Okay. And they'll invade us and kill us. They can't kill us. And if they're realizing that, much like mutual assured destruction, if we launch our missiles, they'll launch theirs. If we all come from a place of like immortality, I'm not even saying I'm for or against this, I'm just as a thought experiment. It might be only in that in which there is no true threat can you offer peace. And it is sort of a weird catch-22. Only when there is no threat of death do we then create a utopia where everyone is benefiting. And only in a reality where we can all die do we ramp up the death machines. It's a weird, it's a weird, that's above my pay grade. I think we might be on the cusp of whatever's next. And it will be, it's not going to be some super smart AI that knows what kind of breakfast you like. 
I think that's childish. I think it's going to be as alien to us as iPhones and iPads are to fucking ape swinging across trees. Uh, I, I think we're hitting the ceiling. I don't know. I have no idea. Or, or, and this is because I'm being paid by Northrop Grumman and Raytheon, or you become so powerful that you can offer peace treaties and no one can ignore them. But I haven't seen that yet because allegedly that we, allegedly we are so powerful we could take on the world, yet we've never tried to broker peace. So it's either that peace is impossible or it's that we don't want peace. Obviously don't want it. The money keeps flowing that way. But in the 70s, all the peace and love, the hippies, the you know anti-war you know movements that happened – do you think that had an effect on what happened in Vietnam and, you know, for, you know, maybe the war to be ended sooner for it to be pulled out? Or, you know, do you think that those type of people helped? And if we had those type of people now, people are becoming more empathetic, people are becoming less war, people are becoming more accepting, people are becoming more loving, people are caring about the people in Ukraine and maybe start caring about the people in Yemen and Palestine. And if people start saying like, look, like this has to stop, could the empathy, could the movement, could the will of the people stop the war machine worldwide? It's not just the Americans, but if everybody started to say like, look, like fuck that, let's start working together. Like what, how are we going to benefit us by targeting us, by trying to kill everyone else? Like, why can't we just work together and maybe try to really go to the moon? I think you think we went there. I don't, but you know, maybe really go to the moon or maybe really go and explore these other places together instead of, trying to compete and kill each other to try to get there. Um, can I take 30 seconds and use the restroom real quick? Yeah, of course. Well, normally I have to tell people to monologue, but it's your show, so... <laughs> do my thing. <laughs> As you were. And uh, so what do you all think about, you know, what uh, Tommy is saying here? So he comes from a more technical view, right, of, you know, he's realistic technical... Like some people, I know we had a comment here that said, uh, um, where was it? Um, Jiro says, we are fucked with minds as that, Jesse. And, uh, but he's taking just like a more realistic and, you know, he was talking about a little bit of hypotheticals and things, but he's just seeing it from what it is from his eyes. Everybody has different eyes on you know, how they view and see things. So we're just looking at his interpretation of it and, you know, really curious to see what he thinks about if, you know, we are evolving as people. He was just talking about potentially, you know, hitting our ceiling of evolution. But, you know, if we really are truly to evolve as people and to come together and really be the beautiful people we're meant to be here, you know, do you think that we could come together and stop and start, you know, I've always told people this was 20, 30 years ago. I was telling that there's a few things that have to happen in order for people to come together. And, you know, either it would be, you know, some kind of natural disaster, some, you know, meteor that comes in something natural that, you know, messes everything up where people have to come together and work together. 
whether it was some kind of crazy war again where you know people would have to come together and you know to 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 stop whatever you know the americans were taking everything over or whatever it is or you know or potentially some kind of a, a a virus at that time i thought differently about what viruses are and aren't that you know some kind of virus would you know and people have to come together to try to stop humanity from dying you know um those are just kind of some of the things you know and like the natural disaster ice age or something where people would have to come together and work but could we do it just you know through evolution can we come together as people and stop the war machine and say hey like we want to work with the russians we want to work with the chinese we don't want to be worried about them being our enemy anymore i don't know why you had to take such a long bathroom break on my show (laughs) disrespectful jesse um So is it possible? I think it absolutely is possible. And um, I don't think that your question and my hypothesis are necessarily incompatible. It might be that the next operating system. So I think we've agreed that like the current human operating system doesn't seem to be capable of this, right? You bring up a, a very good point of the, the love movement, the free love movement, the, you know, turn on, tune in, drop out, the don't trust anyone over 30, the, you know. And I do think that was shut down because they saw that movement as almost an acid. That was a threat. It was a threat to their system. It was an acid that was burning the scaffolding that they had so carefully crafted over decades of trust Uncle Sam and the church is your friend and we're not raping the altar boys and we're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, buy war bonds. And it's like, all of a sudden you went from the greatest generation to just like hair down your ass, fucking in a mud field, Jimi Hendrix melting your face off. And it's like, what? This isn't good for war, <laughs> right? Um, and I think that's why they shut it down is because that was a greater threat than China could ever be. And the thing is, is that was a real threat. That was an actual real threat. And I've actually been thinking about this for a long time, long before I started the podcast is how would, how would this machine be defeated? It's a changing operating. It's a change in operating system. And I think that would come from psychedelics. Uh, Food of the gods by Terrence McKenna. I couldn't recommend that book more. He goes just into this, the different operating systems over the last 25,000 years. And the drugs on which they're, I mean, the Nazis uh, blitzed by Norman Oler, uh, O-H-L-E-R, fantastic book. I've probably listened to it like 10 or 11 times. I don't know. I keep listening to it. It's very good. I've interviewed him. He's a badass author, but it's all about the drug use, the morphine use. And you can actually see how those drug, the drug use directly ripples and affects the Nazis, much like meth. Meth. They, they, They use the meth. Well, we all know it from Blitzkrieg, but if you go in and actually learn about their everyday use of it and the use of alcohol and the use of, of morphine, you start to see how it directly affected larger scale actions. Uh, the, you know, Barbarossa or Dunkirk, these were all directly influenced by Nazi drug use. So <clears throat> if you can then look at that as an operating system, which it is right, because our, it's, it's not a nation, it's a it's 300 million people with conscious self-aware brains, right. That are, are influenced by chemicals and electricity and frequency 
right? This this isn't some woo woo new age shit. This is very this is very real. I don't doubt that my Mac has an operating system. It clearly <laughs> does. When I click on this shit, it works, right? I opened this link up on Safari and it didn't work. I opened it up on Google Chrome and it worked. There are operating systems. No, nobody's debating that, right? So <clears throat> could it work? I genuinely think it could. I think that I think that the movement in the 60s was uh was Mark One, was generation one. Like the Nazis, the Nazis were too bold. They outwardly talked about white supremacy and and need to eliminate everyone, right? And then they came here and infected us. And we do it in a much more subtle way. We call it an attack on freedom. It's still the same thing, right? We're still running the world and, and bombing brown people. We just, we have a better PR team. We've evolved, right? It's a, it's a iPhone 1, iPhone 2, iPhone 10, iPhone 15. They get better. The original hippie movement was a blitzkrieg, if you will throw everything, turn on the flamethrowers. And it was impressive, right? They went from greatest generation to Woodstock in 24 years. That's not nothing, right? Was Woodstock 69? I think it was. It was impressive, right? But it was too hard, too fast, too much all at once, and they got shut down. I think what we're seeing now is it starts with the, and this is my own shitty joke, is that we always grew up being told that weed was the uh, gateway drug, right? It led to everything else. And we always said, no, it's not. And then like 15 years ago, we decriminalized weed in like Boulder, Colorado. And we were like, it's just one town. Now it's legal in more places in the United States than not. And then like five years ago in Boulder, they're like, we're going to decriminalize shrooms. Everyone's like, it's just one town. (laughs) Now it's being decriminalized. And I think even like, fucking like Alabama or something. (laughs) So the boomers were right. It is a gateway drug, but they were wrong in thinking that that's a bad thing. So now it's much more subtle and it's evolved instead of just fuck the nuclear family, free love. Let's go fuck in a field and listen to purple haze. It's evolved. Now it is a bunch of, uh, now it's a bunch of clean, well-oiled machines, right? They're private businesses. They deliver cannabis. They deliver mushroom truffles. They So they've hijacked the capitalist system. And now you can see where they are kind of much like the Nazis from the Third Reich. They didn't fight us. Originally they did, but then they decided, hey, there's a much easier way. Let's go merge with them. Instead of the hippies saying, burn it all down, we're going to build our own society. No, now they are merging with it. They're going, hey, 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 we can still play the capitalist game. You look at the guys that work at like a weed shop, they look like hippies. Look at the guys that own the weed company. Clean cut, short haircut, suit and tie, Wall Street. They're playing the game. And they're playing the game of money. So when mushrooms come in, it's the same thing. It's not peace and love, dude. It's, hey, it's our quarter one, quarter two, quarter three growth. You know, Wall Street's looking at IPOs. They're playing the game. They're merging with it. So then what comes, right? Big Pharma's going to want. If you can't tell, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Big Pharma's going to want to get in, as they always do, right? We can't have ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. We have to have this $19 trillion, you know, whatever fucking medication that doesn't even work. We take it anyway, right? And then they want in. 
So what you're going to have is you're going to start seeing instead of like psilocybin, it's going to be some bullshit Pfizer product like psilocybex, you know, all of the euphoria with none of the whatever the fucking they're going to start making. But what that's going to do is it's going to shift the Overton window. And now people who are hesitant to take a bag of dried mushrooms from cow shit from your buddy and buddy named Ryan with long hair in college. And you're like, this is this is weird. He's like, just let me cheat off the OCHEM test and we'll give you the shrooms for free. That's an odd transaction versus no one cares when it's just, oh, it's just a, an orange pill bottle. You go get it from the, the nice young man in, in the white coat from the CVS. So you're shifting the Overton window. You're you're instead of attacking, take the drugs from the hippie. You're like the Nazis merge with the system. Use your enemy's momentum and judo flip them over with you they're getting into the system and now what do you have the, these rich wall street people they don't they don't do big drugs like us they don't buy weed from a sketchy looking guy they get their pills it's very high quality high class right it is a class as tim dylan said it is a classy thing to throw your away life away to percocet it is a classy thing to take a nice pharmaceutical product down your throat i don't agree with that but he's a comedian I think what we'll then start seeing is as the decriminalization of this starts to slow, if you look at like, you know, we have the water supply or the food supply, look at it as like the consciousness supply. As these things become decriminalized, then all of a sudden people start dealing them in cities and all of a sudden it's not as hard to get, right? You could get weed anywhere at UGA. It's because everyone had, it was harder to get shrooms. As these things start to become decriminalized, People start doing what they originally did in Colorado. You go buy a bunch and then take it back to your state and sell it. And as this moves into pharmaceuticals, you're going to start having the richer people maybe start using that. Instead of a Xanax or an Adderall, why don't you try this? It will just become part of it. It's just by nature, it would, it would just be a, become part of it. And that's interesting because now you're going to start having people worth $100 million dollars with actual power to change things. Now you're going to start having a, a Stephen Colbert with an audience of millions. Or now you're going to start having a, I don't know, a defense contractor directly involved with making the weapons of death on a whim one night instead of... What, what just happened? I still uh, hear I still I, see him. I don't like that. I got a call on my phone and it just removed this from the screen and gave me the call. Fuck off. I don't want your call. Oh, fuck off. Fuck is that? Um, not a fan of that. Um, you're going to start having people who, instead of a Xanax and a hooker or an Adderall and a hooker, I guess. And this is just kind of my theory. I'm less firm on this. You're going to start having very important minds, very important nodes in the system start to toy with the new operating system psilocybin because it will start getting into their circles again they don't get drugs from the street like you and i that are laced with fentanyl they like the mass-produced quality control drugs it's gonna be a matter of time before some dude who runs a hedge fund trips his dick off and either has a terrifying come to jesus moment or a beautiful life can be loving moment where you can't just look away from the homeless guy. You start to see your face in his face. 
you start to see your family in them. The value of those minds getting infected with the new virus is worth a lot more than you and I. You and I have got a combined audience of like 20,000 people. What he already has been Rogan. What happens when, but then you start getting really high up. What happens when Elon Musk trips dick? If he hasn't already, what happens when some arms runner to Ukraine trips dick? They're going to start having problems going along with the game. And I think we're going to start to see that bleed all over the world, which then comes to, well, that's not good. If we become hippies and then China runs us, I think if it happens relatively simultaneously, you might have world peace. I think if one nation does it, if we go, hey, guys, Woodstock, peace and love, China's going to go, cool, great, we're invading San Francisco. (laughs) But if it... Somebody's knocking on my door. Hold on, Jesse, give me one second. All good. So what do you all think? Do you think world peace is attainable? Um, Do you think that we can make this happen? Do you think it's far-fetched to think that we could all work together without some kind of major? And then my last one was an alien invasion. If there was an alien invasion, then people would have to come together and work together to try to stop some external threat. I'm a bad son. People calling me were my parents. (laughs) (laughs) they're coming to visit me that wasn't their phone number though so i don't feel bad um but you know i've thought about that for a long time is how would that actually happen it would be can you hear that out there no okay good because my my parents want to see my new apartment so they're walking around if you wanted it to happen would happen and it's it's like a military operation it's kind of delicate I mean, I've literally thought this exact thing out before. I think I brought it up in like one of my first podcasts is psychedelics could change the operating system of the world, but it would be very delicate. Do you remember like uh, those Somali pirates that took over that oil ship back in like 2008, right? And then there's the three Navy SEAL snipers, but they had to hit the three guys all at once because if you only took out one, they'd turn around and kill a hostage you could have a, a psychedelic revolution. And again, not let's go fuck in a field, but just the simple idea of maybe we shouldn't topple nations. It would, hap- it would have to happen. It wouldn't have to be the precision of snipers. But I would imagine it would probably have to happen within 12 months, right? Relatively simultaneously, not all at once, but I mean, relatively quick. So instead of just having Biden come out and say we're dissolving the Department of Defense and we're all for it, we're all like peace and love, man. And then China tack nukes Taiwan and we're like, it's okay, dude, it's all love. And Taiwan's like, somebody please help us, (laughs) right? That's no good. But I think if it kind of swept the world at once, you could have that. And I used to wonder... How would you do it? And this is where the, the NSA and the FBI will really take up. And Jesse, you are now on the file with me. <laughs> I, as I always thought, and I thought, I think I said this on one of my first 10 podcasts because I have been thinking about this for years. And I used to be able to claim that there's no way I could pull this off. But now I'm friends with bioweapons engineers and Delta Force operators. So for me, I am a threat now. This is all a theory. 
is you'd have to make some form of some form of contagious psilocybin, and you'd have to infect the entire world. However, you'd have to infect them all at the same time. So, well, I was just thinking about that. You know, we had Dr. Brian Artis on that, and he just, you know, was talking about potentially snake venom in the water. What happens if they just put psilocybin in all the water of all the treatment water facilities in all of the world, you know, where people just had that mild little dose of, you know, happiness, right? It wouldn't have to be tripping balls, but, you know, but you just even microdosing really puts people in a different frame of mind. So then you have places like the White House where, yeah, we're absolutely on a list now, or NORAD or whatever, that filter out everything. Again, you'd have to have it all happen relatively quick. So I thought you'd have to have a time-delayed psilocybin. But then again, that doesn't really work, because if I get infected and the time delay is one month, and then three weeks later, Xi Jinping gets infected, okay, but now I get high and he gets high three weeks later, but that's still not close enough. So you'd have to have a dormant psilocybin infected into all people. So you'd aerosolize it. You'd put it in like, you'd release it in like the air vents at like international airports. We're absolutely getting visited by the FBI, but you'd have to invent, you have to, <clears throat> cause I've literally thought of all of this. And then you'd have to have it all turn on at the same time. So it'd have to be some highly modified form of psilocybin that responds to like a signal from like satellites you'd have to hit everything at once so you'd have to beam it all on at once and this is a a risky like any coup this would be a a coup of peace and love there's the threat of not getting it correct and dying you don't want everyone to be so high you don't want a general in a nuclear bunker who's never even hot <laughs> all of a sudden be five grams in because there are people, although a lot of it was 1960s propaganda, it's not all propaganda. Some people do jump out of windows. Some people do push the button of a nuclear weapon. They go, the Soviets are poisoning us. It's war. And so that's a very double-edged sword. You might hearken the nuclear apocalypse, right? So I don't know, maybe you'd simultaneously do like a global EMP strike, which then the hope in me and I know it's not real but I do deep down hope like what if that's what the vaccination program was was some form of synthetic psilocybin and then that's what Starlink is is just the global activation signal are we on the precipice of peace I wish but listen so I once explained this to my mom in the car in like 2017 right so I, I, everything I just told you have to happen at once, release it in airports, dormant in every human being, the dormant, you'd have to probably start infecting people and not activate until two years later. You'd have to have everyone in the world activated at once. And to the people that say that that's a batshit insane idea for world peace, right? Cause that's, that's kind of insane. Release drugs in, in airports to infect every human in the world and then activate it all at once using a, a satellite, uh, an orbital activation signal. That's admittedly a little bonkers, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What is our current model for world peace? None. No. It's mutual assured destruction. Pointing tens of thousands <laughs> of nuclear warheads at each other. 
that can be fired in an instant and will, will be fired all at once. And we use that to usher in World of Peace. So tell me which one's crazier. <laughs> Your warheads pointed at each other's foreheads or trying to activate psilocybin across the globe at once. I'm sorry, but I kind of think they're both equally insane. Okay, so let's take the insane ideas off the table and, you know, no drug in the world with, you know, um, mind-altering drugs, um, peace and love drugs, no warheads pointed at each other. What happens if in the world we decide that, you know, the mass media, the mainstream media everywhere on earth that's programming people in certain ways but to say we're gonna all meditate for the world today we're gonna pray for the world today we're all gonna take today off today there's no commerce in the world we're all just gonna come together as people from you know 8 a.m to 5 p.m or 8 a.m to 8 p.m for 12 hours we are just there's no business no work we're all just gonna pray for peace pray for love pray for our enemies pray for our friends pray for our family you know we're just gonna halt all the busy craziness of the world and we're just gonna really you know think about everyone around the world and maybe that energetic bond of people you know really connecting with other people who they thought of as a potential enemy as now I'm loving you and sending goodwill and sending good energy to, to you. What kind of impact do you think that could cause? I'm not pessimistic enough to say it couldn't have an effect. I meditate every day. It, it again comes down to the what happens if the military industrial complex vanishes. There will always be some people who will take advantage of it. And the thing is, I don't know, because it wouldn't matter if only a couple people took advantage of it, but the, they were drowned out by everyone else. I don't know how like equally balanced it is. It might be that a little bit of evil is the equivalent of a billion people meditating. So then it would only take eight people to offset the whole thing. So you'd have to somehow quantify the balance. I think it could have an effect. But I, I, I don't think it will. I think there are too many people that from the get-go wouldn't trust it. They, 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 someone wouldn't. And it's, it's very easy for you and I to say this as opposed to someone who's just utterly fucked, doesn't even have their own bed and bathroom, never has enough to eat. And all of a sudden we're saying, just take a day off and meditate. You'd have so much political mudslinging. I think it would just be the biggest... I don't think it would work. Unfortunately, I think the only way to, I think there's one of two paths, some sort of breaking away from humanity by merging with AI and thus changing the operating system or the global psychedelic dosing. And it might be that there is a purpose that we built up the military industrial complex. We all thought it was for our, like a new world order. Maybe it was bringing us to this moment to have the technology, the delivery systems, the, the low latency orbiting satellites. That may be what it is, right? Turning the sword into the plowshare. I like the meditation. I, I do it every day, but it's more of a, 
waiting for us to create world peace on our own is we've been waiting for 10 millennia and I don't think we're any closer than we were 10,000 years ago. And I know that's a pessimistic thing to say, and maybe I am not being the change that I want to see in the world. I'd, I'd be more than willing to give it a try. I just, I'm not really holding my breath for it. I think unfortunately it's going to be drastic change. It's going to be merging with AI or a global microdosing. David says that's crazier than the first two of the meditation. I, the meditation idea. Yeah. And it's, and the, but the thing is like the huge setback of the global microdosing is one people might go insane. And it might be world war three, but it's also, that's very core is it's a violation of human autonomy. And now we are no better than the people who brought the Nazis back over and said it's for the greater good. Now we're saying we just got to violate your autonomy. We got to violate your religious beliefs. We got to drug you against your permission because it's for world peace. Well, now you're getting into the mindset of every communist revolution ever, right? It's for the greater good. I don't know. So it might be meditation is the most ethical way. I don't know. Have you ever seen your parents on psychedelics and what would that be like, you know, if people started seeing their mother, father, brothers, sisters all tripping at the same time? I saw my extended family on psychedelics. I would run away into the woods. <laughs> and I think they would run faster from me than I was running from them. <laughs> there might not be a good outcome to this. It might be that the only way to really do this to leave the planet and just go set up your own thing like fuck you up we're going to the new world we're setting up the colonies eat a dick king that might be the only way out of this it's just we're going to mars it's been real peace i don't know or you go to even bigger scale and that this earth is actually a training ground for the next level of life and that you're not supposed to ever create peace the friction is what determines spirit is what creates spiritual growth you don't go to the gym in hopes that one day the workout's going to be easy. As soon as the workout gets easy, you increase the weight. The gym is never supposed to be peaceful. It's supposed to be painful. If you've made it peaceful, it is no longer a gym. It's a spa. We might be limited in our own thinking of thinking that the world needs peace. We might die, go to heaven, and realize that earth was just like a college. And they're like, yeah, you idiots were trying to get rid of the final exam. What the <laughs> The point of college is to study. We'd be like, oh, Jesse and I are fucking running our mouths. Jesse and I ended up in fucking Gitmo because we tried to poison Hartsfield Airport with psilocybin gas. <laughs> Tommy and Jesse spent the rest of their lives in Guantanamo Bay for trying to bring about world peace. They'd be like, you idiots. They're like, it's a perfectly designed learning system. You asshole tries to poison Moscow with psilocybin. It's just you and I in handcuffs like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> you know, like, I, don't, I don't know, man. That's the other thing I was thinking about. It's like, if the peace might not be the intention of this world. The, the gods might be looking at us going, no, dude, you're missing the point. The point's to fucking just be a good person despite all odds, despite all adversity. It's to be, pe to be optimistic and smile and loving despite the fact that a bunch of satanic pedophiles are running the world. Because if you can be peace, peaceful and loving in the face of that, 
then you're ready for the next level of life. Maybe that means you become an angel or a saint and you start, you know, you become a patron saint of some alien world and you now become a god and you help direct their own evolution or there might be a higher order to this. And you go and talk to all those angels and they're like, oh yeah, no, I did the earth thing. I was on earth. uh, You know, these are the years I was at. Just like you look back, they go, yeah, I went to that university for these years. Oh yeah, no, I did some time on earth. I did my master's at earth. I did my first life on uh, whatever Mars. And, you know, I went and got my PhD in, in God in Africa. Yeah. No, if you really want a high level, you know, it's like, you know, like the, the brag about going to Harvard or Stanford and be like, yeah, no, uh, I graduated from Congo. I was actually there during dark floor. You'd be like, Oh, that's why you're a high level angel. They'd be like, yeah. You know, the lower level angels like went to soup kitchens in LA or something, but it, the, the game might be designed to create suffering because only in the face of that, can you become only in the face of inescapable black pilling odds and you still decide to be a good person despite the fact that a bunch of fourth Reich Nazis are taking over the world but you still decide to be loving to me that's you've passed the test welcome into the fraternity that's that's my two cents on it I like that idea. I just can never accept that. I think that, you know, it's in theory, that's great, but it's, I don't, yeah. I, I want, you know, things to be better. I don't want people to have to worry about their kids. I don't want people to have to worry about child protective services coming to their house and stealing their kids and then their kids being trafficked and, you know, yeah. and like things that are happening like this, this stuff is, you know, it's, uh, it's not acceptable and it doesn't matter what kind of training that is, you know, we need to make things better for future generations to come and, you know, starting a unifying and coming together on protecting our kids is probably something that, you know, 99.9% of everyone, except for the weirdos that like hurting them, you know, would, would agree upon. I often think that my idea that this is some sort of training ground, I'm not ignorant of the fact that that could just be my, my brain defending myself against the awful reality of this world. And I have to justify it. You know, it's when you hear someone talking about how their father raped them when they grew up and decades later, they're like, you know, but it made me who I am today. That's a survival mechanism. And it's, it's not a indicative of their character. It's somebody dealing with unimaginable trauma. I'm, I'm not ignorant that that might be you like a child trafficking and you're like, this has to be some sort of training because the reality is so dark. I'm with you. If I got to heaven and they were like, that was a training program. And I'd be like, let's go do something hardcore and try to fix the training program. Well, how about we get rid of the training program so that it's not needed? Isn't the end goal creating heaven? Let's skip the middle, man. <laughs> you remember that one pod? You guys are omnipotent, right? Yeah. You remember that one podcast I did with Jesse where Jesse was like, do you think they ended the war on purpose? And I was like, no, why would you? You just run the Third Reich? Yeah. Let's cut out the middle, man. Let's just create world peace here. The only argument would be is true free will wouldn't be tested in utopia. And that doesn't, that's not good. That doesn't justify the raping of children my parents are in the next room and they've like never heard me do a podcast. They're just here talking about the raping of children and gassing the world. Like, this kid got into medical school 
where did we go wrong? And I'm like, it's the pedophiles, Jesse. Um, but that doesn't justify that. But I think there is an argument for how else would you choose free will? But I don't think you would have to go through that training and through that oh. darkness in order to have free will, because I think, you know, we're supposed to be a lot more um, psychic. We're supposed to be a lot more, I think, a lot more skills that we have, maybe moving objects. I think there's a lot more here than what we're just limited 3D minds know about. And we're being put in this box. And I think there is a lot more free will and a lot more training and a lot more things it's just i've envisioned this place a lot better than it is and i just want to do what i can to get it there i think you're right again to play devil's advocate um the only way i could uh the only way uh hold on sorry my mom texted me um the only way i think this could be justified would be everyone came into this program of their own choosing. They, they looked at the whatever pre-life there is and they're like, hey, we're creating this new thing. It's called Earth. Uh, it's like a master's program for getting higher. You don't have to join it if you don't want. You can stay in the Garden of Eden. But we're kind of running because we're here for eternity. We have forever. So we're just going to run this simulation for like 10,000 years. You don't have to, you don't have to play it, but if you do want to play it, here are the possible lives you can get. You can be on Musk, you can be Vladimir Putin. You can be a kid trafficked and experience unimaginable pain, unimaginable pain. But even now, like that justification is like, we're getting so far out there that again, it kind of seems like a defense mechanism. The only way to rationalize this is saying that we're all, multi-dimensional gods who chose this you know it, there might be a simpler answer that it's just that we're here maybe that's the the real pro training program is realizing that there's no one in charge that if we want this world to be better we have to make it better that we have to make this the heaven we want it to be and i think i think that's a noble fight i think that's it's evil but i think we should be proud and grateful that we exist in this time do you imagine being drafted into vietnam and you're like what is this war why am i here world war ii is terrifying but i feel like you could almost get on board with it more you'd be like we're probably gonna die but i'm going with my best friends we're gonna go fight the nazis okay yeah i get that do you imagine being drafted in vietnam do you imagine being on a patrol in iraq and you're like what are we even doing this one feels more like World War II. Like we're probably going to die. Deep State's probably going to eventually kill us. But we're fighting for free speech in a world where the military-industrial complex doesn't rape the planet. I'm okay with fighting for that. Me too. Not, not only that is... I'm grateful for that. What a, what a grateful fight to have. Can you imagine not having this fight? Are you jerking all day? What a, what a, not only that, I think we've been shown through the military-industrial complex there is no such thing as no fight. We'll fabricate a fight. What a great fight. Not only that, Jesse, we don't even have to put on boots and go through basic training. We just have to turn on a camera. 
you and I have the easiest fight. I'm in a leather chair right now with slippers on. <laughs> our fight. My grandfather's brother was 18 years old on Omaha Beach. Survived D-Day. This is our fight. So it's a it's a worthwhile fight. We weren't drafted. And we don't even have to leave our living rooms. And what's and what is it for? Uh, a, a better world for the future. What a what a home run! What what a what a good what a good we have been we won the lottery ticket. There is no such thing as a life without suffering. Okay, well if I have to suffer, I don't want it to be that bad, and I want it to be for a good reason. Could we have a better fight? Could we have a better? Most people die alone. Can you imagine seeing a, a, a terrorist holding up an orphanage and you got to go tackle the gunman and you died fighting an evil, protecting innocent babies? What, what, a, what a wonderful expense of your life. What, what, what an incredible expense of your life. You could be a worthless motherfucker up until that moment and then you became something. The fact that this is our fight is we are so lucky. I don't know. Leonard says Klaus has underestimated the formidable spirit of the human beings. And he's really not Klaus Schwab. Um, he's just a funny guy. This is Tommy Kerrigan. He's a podcaster. Um, he's been doing this for five, six years now. Three years. Uh, Oh, three years, three years. He's been uh, podcasting and, uh, you know, he's just great to have on. I know we have to wrap this up. Um, I love talking to you, but you got your parents and I got some stuff I do got to do. Um, so thanks again for, you know, coming here and uh, gracing the missing link with your wit, your humor and your knowledge. And it's always appreciated. I think, you know, you're a smart guy and, uh, you know, you do really good with, you know, what you do. So, uh, you know, thanks a lot. And as always, as and I try to do it more, as the great Duncan Trussell says, a, a truly enlightened, the sign of a truly enlightened being, somebody who's not afraid to express love. So, Jesse, I love you, my friend. Thank you for I having me. Thanks, man. I love you too, brother. Thank, Thank you, so you everybody. Thanks for all your likes, comments, hearts, shares, and stars. And uh, Tommy, may the source be with you. Um, you know, everybody that's uh, watching, may the source be with you all. And uh, next week on The Missing Link, um, on uh, December 13th, we've got Ken Postman and Bruce McDowell, who both got their children um, taken from child services. Um, it's two different interviews, but I just scheduled them both on the same day. So it could be like a really impactful day of what, you know, child services is doing. Um, then on December 14th, we've got Johnny Cerucci and uh, Daryl Becker. And then uh, on uh, Thursday, uh, December 15th, we've got Serena, Serena Freedom Bear and Stephen Manning. So uh, um, that's next week on The Missing Link. Um, awesome week. This was the last interview of the week. This was our seventh interview this week. Um, so we're just cranking them out. And again, thanks, Tommy. And just keep doing what you're doing, brother. Again, I love that the one podcast, my parents walked in on is me screaming about satanic pedophiles <laughs> gassing airports and going to get them out <laughs> at least you have conversation now <laughs> at least it won't be a dry dinner what was that about is that really what you do for a living that was an exception 
that one that normally doesn't happen. Um, Jesse, thanks, man. Please send me the link when this is up. I, I really enjoyed this one. That was really fun. And uh, also text me. And obviously, I'd love to have you on my show, man. You're a great, you're a great conversation uh, uh, partner. And uh, I hope to rant about the Nazis and the military industrial complex with you in the future. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Close. Lots of people. Thanks, close. Listen, Tommy, this is actually Klaus. Yeah. All right, dude. Take care. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.